0: Welcome to All In, a podcast where business owners share their stories of being All In with Jesus Christ. Well, Henry, welcome to uh, the Jesus Christ CEO podcast called All In. We're excited to interview you and uh, I'm glad you uh, took your time out of your day to uh, speak to us. So really, really appreciate the time. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself and uh, what kind of business you're in. Hi, Mike.
1: It's a great pleasure to be with you and uh, our audience, uh, and I really want to thank God and, and you for this opportunity to share about His uh, mercy and grace and how God has done amazing things through our lives uh, when we are committed to Him, and it is a, a great uh, pleasure. It's, as. Um, literally said it's not about us, it's not about business, it's not about money, it's not even about ministry, it's all about Him, about our God. So it's a great pleasure to be here to give the glory to God and also to have a time of uh, communion and fellowship with uh, our listeners. Uh, My name is uh, Henry Farman. I was born and raised in Vietnam. Uh, My native name was Hien Pham, but when I became naturalized, I combined my father's uh, last name and first name, farm oh, and into a newly coined uh, last name Farman. And I thought nobody had that name when uh, I was naturalized way back in uh, 1989. There was no internet at that time. But now right. I've I found out there's a family name in
0: Europe. Oh, wow! <laughs> so I thought I was unique. No, I'm not unique. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, one out of two out of a few billion people, that's pretty good. That's still very unique.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so people, you know what, but uh, I uh, at that time, only two younger brothers of mine and, and me, you know, on the three of us, with, oh, we, we are only three guys in the whole world that have this name, but no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, it's an honor, uh, you know, just uh, sitting here and interviewing you and meeting you and and, and talking with you. You have such an uh, amazing story. I'm looking forward to learning more about your story as well. Um, tell us a little bit about maybe what you do currently. And then I would really like you to go into your past because I think, um you know, it's it's great for brothers and sisters to hear your life story. I think it's um, I think it's a very powerful one, and and it needs to be told. But uh, but tell us a little bit about what your company's about uh, today.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, uh, we have two major initiatives uh, uh, that we are working on right now. Um, actually, over the last three and a half years, uh, we have been working on two things. Number one is. Uh, launching a bank fund in Luxembourg. It's called Phylux Global Funds. It's the first ever bank fund uh, organized in Luxembourg for investment in the emerging markets of Asia, in particular in Vietnam. And it's, it's a master fund. Uh, and under that we have a number of uh, compartments uh, for real estate, for uh, renewable energy, uh, for healthcare, and infrastructure and so forth. Right now, we're launching the first compartment, the real estate uh, compartment, to uh, be closed. The first closing uh, we are looking at uh, the end of June this year. And because of the pandemic, you know, uh, there have been some delays, but uh, we have set the target to do the first closing uh, for this, uh, this June. And we have a number of projects. Um, Uh, in conjunction with the real estate fund, especially the uh, development and uh, uh, building of what is called Asia uh, Diamond Exchange in Vietnam. And this is a a unique opportunity. There's never been a rough diamond exchange in the Asian hemisphere before. We are the first group that that are doing that wow. and wow. It's, not, it's, it's not a simple thing because it's uh, it requires a lot of things you know we need to have uh, ample uh sustainable oh, and 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 uh, mm, consistent supply of rough diamond uh, to do that and very fortunately we're working with uh, the government angola with botswana and also congo wow. Uh, to supply uh, diamond uh, for that venture, and then um, uh, the ability to uh, attract capital, and more importantly, you know, tears people who uh, who work in, in the industry to come uh, with us, you know, to to participate and uh, we i've been working in vietnam the last three and a half years um the uh, government of uh, quan nam province in central vietnam has agreed to give us uh, roughly about 240 hectares of land uh, to build the exchange uh wow. it's roughly about the size of the uh, dubai multiple commodity center is 200 hectares in dubai and uh, my friend uh, i'm not want to mention his name right now is still something we will have a, a, an official press conference in vietnam maybe in in july or as soon as the pandemic uh, quarantine situation eases off a little bit so we can do that but we have an, an official um, i mean press conference uh, on a national international scale with some major players but uh, you know something right. that's why you need and uh, my partner and uh, and colleague you know he was the guy today, together with a few experts that set up the diamond exchange for Dubai. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And that time, honestly, he took a hundred million dollars fee for the task. <laughs> but uh, this time, Mr. Henry, I'm coming as a partner with you. I'm not going to charge you uh, fees to set up the exchange, but we'll be in it wow. together. So oh, that's something, that's great. yeah. And uh, I will share a little bit about that as well because it's not me. It's it's it's, it's how you know, I, I believe that's what the Lord wants to do uh, through um, through through to what we're doing in order to bring glory to Him and also the resources to expand His kingdom. So that's what I how I believe, you know.
0: Amen. Yeah. yeah, you know, a lot of times especially as Christian Christian business people, it's great that uh we have a chance that we can actually change people's lives uh and you know, show them the Lord at the same time, and that's uh, that's exactly what you're doing there. Well, tell me a little bit about your road to Christ. Um, I'm fascinated with um, you know, uh, as you're younger and uh, your time in Vietnam and, and coming to the states. Uh, could you share that a little bit with uh, with the uh, listeners? Uh, absolutely, with uh, uh,
1: pleasure. Honor and humility, you know. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, because, uh, you know, as a, as a young boy, I, I was a, a nominal Buddhist, you know, who was born and raised into a typical uh, family in, in Vietnam. You know, there was a combination of uh, ancestral worship and a little bit of. Uh, uh Confucianism and also uh some non-nominal Buddhism so that's that's where the the chemistry you know uh but as a young boy uh I used to follow my aunt to the local pagoda at least uh, twice a month sometimes more than that you know to spend time reading Buddhist scriptures and uh, paying homage to the statue and also uh uh, to eat some votive fruit uh, after it's uh, been uh, an offer to the to the idol, you
0: know. <laughs> right, right. At, at, at least it was a treat for uh, for a young boy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Young kids. It's like young even kids. church now. They look for donuts or, or cookies, right? right? Yeah, like oh, I remember that. Yeah,
1: that's right, great. Right
0: that's great.
1: But then one day. Uh, I was uh, going home from school, and I met uh, some GIs uh, on the street uh, near where I live, and uh, they were asking me, you know, what kind of religion and mind uh, words I am, you know. And uh, uh, you know, uh, interestingly, I read in my geography book the in my uh, eighth grade about America. It depicted America as uh, as the new world, as um, the land of the Puritans and pilgrims. And so I say, oh, I'm a Puritan. And, you know, because oh, I, I want to identify myself, you know, with uh, the new world, you know, right. where, where these GIs were coming from, you know. Right. If you're a Puritan. You say, uh, yeah, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm a pilgrim. <laughs> and, and, and I say, what? I say, well, no, no, I think I guess I'm a Protestant, you know. I yeah. say, you be, believe in God? I think I, I hear about God, but no, I'm not, you know. I have, I, I have not read the Bible or anything. And right. so they gave me a Bible. I took home and just left it there, you know, but... Uh, I, I i thought it was it would be cool to be identified with the big league, you know people right. coming from the, the new world you know with the new religion uh, call them themselves uh, Puritans and pilgrims and, and all that uh, uh, stuff. so right. but, uh, it, it was just a concept. I didn't know anything about God yet. and
0: wow. then one
1: day at that time I was working as a part-time interpreter. Uh, for an advisor to the provincial government of Vietnam, and uh, usually you know, I would, part, would work a couple of hours a week, you know, and then he would take me home. He would drive me back, and uh, you know, and would cheap. And then I say, "Well, Mike, his name was Mike Michael Normer. You know, it was he was the first guy that got a, a master degree from UC." Um, uh, that uh, was you know that went to Vietnam among the team there. He was probably uh, the guy that was the most educated, you know. Right. He, he right. respect wow. him, you know. So okay, Mike, why don't you uh, take me to the uh, evangelical church uh, uh, instead? You know, I'm not going home right away. So he dropped me off in front of the church. I came in and uh, saw a young girl standing in front of uh, the parsonage, and uh, I asked her, you know. Uh, uh, can I talk to the uh, Protestant monk here? He said, "No, there's no monk. Here, you know, we, we have a pastor, but there's no monk." You know, I said, "Okay, <laughs> I like to talk to him." So I talked to the uh, to the pastor, and he explained to me about uh, uh, Jesus Christ and uh, salvation and so, forth. so I I think I like the idea. I think I, I want to to uh, to be belong uh, to the church or to be identified as a member of the church and. And so forth. I said, "Okay, if, if 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 that's what you like, I would pray for you." And that's how I I came to know Lord, the Lord. But I, I, honestly, I had no clue. I said, "I said, well, I just wanted to be there, but but I didn't have a real sense of uh, of salvation or or, or a repentance yet, you know." Right.
0: Yeah, that, that's yeah, how the I, heart. Yeah, yeah the it, heart, though.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, but
0: that's how I, I came to into contact with uh,
1: Christianity, you know.
0: Interesting. And did you find it, um, you know, being a, a, a more on the Buddhist side, um, did you find it easier to understand the walk of Jesus, like in in, in some cases, like when you started reading about Jesus, um, you know, and, and kind of His kindness and all that? Did, was it kind of an easier concept for you to, to grasp coming from the Buddhist side, you think? Or was it a little bit harder for you? Uh,
1: Actually, being a Christian uh, uh, as a teenager was a lot of fun for me. You know, I found it to be uh, very uh, uh, sociable sociable with, uh, you know, the the people, the the, the young young kids there, you know, so it was a great time. But uh, at that time, my walk with the Lord was uh, still very shallow. And I didn't know Mm -hmm. too much. But then uh, after working with the pastor, because of my English uh, uh, ability at that time, I helped him as an interpreter to work with uh, uh, some uh, uh, nonprofit organizations and also with uh, the GI to support the the orphanage. And through the process, I began to learn more uh, about God and the gospel. And then uh, I I began to teach a, a uh, Sunday school class for uh, for the oh. children. That's how I I started learning about about God. But initially, it was I thought it would be something fun to to be part of. Right, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, tell me a little bit about your journey uh, to America. Like, what what uh, made you want to come over and and uh, come to America? What was the drive on that?
1: Uh, let's uh, take a step back uh, before okay. that because what sure. happened, you know. <clears throat> Uh, it, before 1975, actually, I, I used to work with uh, uh, a min- a missionary couple by the name of Charlotte, uh, Woody and Charlotte Stemble. Uh They are retired now. <laughs> that they, uh, they used to serve uh, with the uh, uh, CNMA uh, church uh, uh, and they were sent to Vietnam as missionaries. Yeah, I used to help him translate his sermons and would uh, come to play with uh, their children. So okay. it was a... Which was, was a, a great time, and then uh, uh, they were able to uh, to get me a scholarship to go to uh, Naiac uh, Missionary College in New York uh, oh, for nice. my uh, uh, college uh, education, and at the same time, actually, I got three other scholarships uh, to the U.S. for uh, for my un- university education, but. Um, uh, th- i was conscripted into the South Vietnamese army so i couldn't go i couldn't take any of those scholarships so i was sent into the military school and uh, went through uh, reserve uh, officer training all of that stuff and uh, i uh, graduated and uh, was sent to actually i was able to choose a, a unit as in a non combat unit and uh, uh, and uh, serve as a an instructor you know uh, for uh, for heavy weaponry and uh, and all that uh, stuff for for a wow. few years, but um, you know uh, still uh, life was not that that hard even uh, in the midst of the war. You know I was able to choose a a, a safe unit. You know there was no uh, battle involved, or anything. You know, but okay. after the fall of Saigon when the, the communists took over the country, uh, I was very scared because I didn't see any future and I was concerned that the communist uh, uh, might uh, retaliate and you know um and uh, would uh, uh be a very difficult situation for me so i I left with a friend of mine and said, okay why don't we go to an island and from there uh escape to Thailand by boat so both of us uh, went to fukuk island and uh, actually i was asking him uh he was in high school together with me and then uh, he went to uh uh, to medical school and got drafted uh, to the military medical school. Oh, and wow. so we met each other uh, in the training center. I said, ha, we are both here. <laughs> I thought I would have been in the U.S. and would he would have been going to medical school the normal way. but So we met each other. I say, well, I, I don't know if uh, people would call it faith, you know, but uh, we are here. And so, yeah. so after uh, the, the fall of Saigon, I asked him, his name is Moore. I said, Moore, what do you think? Would you like to be a minister uh, in a communist country or a you know, laborer, a worker in a free society? What do you think? I said, I would rather be a, a worker in a free society. It's okay. Why don't we go to Fukuoka Island and escape to Thailand together? And I said, let me think about it. And then the next day, I say, I say, I told him, you know what? Whether you go or you don't go, you know. I, w- I would like to have you with me, but I'm determined to leave, you know, with or without you. So, so if the case, I will go with you, and both of us got arrested, you know, and, and and put in prison, and you know, and they were sent to a solitary cell, actually a 20-foot container, and each of us, you know, we only had like uh, like 12, I mean 16. Uh, or 18 inches to uh, to lie down on, you know, and uh, wow. yeah, and then we were sent uh, from there uh, to the uh, uh, regional uh, prison in cantor Province, you know, because at that time, and they, they kept us there for about three and a half years, you know, and uh, uh, just, um, uh, and uh, one day the. Uh, Integrating Officer, Mr. Sun, called me up uh, uh, into his room and he said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be transferred out of here. But I want to conclude your case. But there's nothing you have declared that uh, we could bring it to conclusion. So I look across the the folder. I say, uh, attempt to escape from the country. So I look at it. I say, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Uh, I say why? Because I told him, you know, I was a former officer in the South Vietnamese Army, and he, being an officer of the company's government and now, you know, in the wind on the wind side, uh, you know, questioning me. So mm-hmm. I, I was afraid. I was of scared, course. You know, I, uh, I thought you guys would uh, would retaliate, you know, would uh, harm me. So I would have to leave. It doesn't matter. I just want to get out of here. And anyway, I go it's Thailand or. Or, or Malaysia or whatever you know? and so uh, and he said you know uh you about my my age you know I don't know how you would have treated me if uh, the north fell under the south but now you know in in, in comparison you we, you call we call you like you uh as a guy that is knocked off the horse you know so we don't want to maltreat you or do anything Wrong with you, but I have to bring your case to a conclusion. And I say, well, that's that what it is. You know, basically, I was a a law school student. I was drafted into the uh, uh, the army, and, and I, I wanted to leave the country because I didn't see any future for me, and I I was scared of uh, uh, of a price or if, uh, of of uh, retaliation. Right. I say, okay, let's do this. Uh, let's rewrite your case. You know, according to what I'm going to tell you and then just conclude it. And whenever anybody asked about it, you know, just tell him or her that you have declared everything to me. There's nothing new to declare. Uh, and so I, I wrote the, the report. And he said, well, let's proofread. Is anything you want to change? That's OK. <laughs> we just <Wow>. do that. <laughs> wow. And then and then he said, but your friend, Moore, you know, uh he's very stubborn. He's not telling me anything. He's not declaring anything. Uh, you have to tell him to uh, write his report exactly as the way you write, you write it. So it's totally in sync. There's no discrepancy. Right. Okay. Uh, I said, okay, I would try to communicate with him. But it was not easy because we stay and at, uh, in different uh, cells. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, right. And only like uh, once or twice a week, we would be allowed to go out and uh, take a shower outside. So what I did, I took my pants and uh, and and sew a little pocket uh, inside. And so uh, every time he would walk through my room to go to the shower, you know, I I would uh, I uh, usually I take shower before his turn. So I take the shower and hang my short, you know, on the fence with the message inside the pocket say this is what you got to say and then he would go and take a shower and then hang his short there and then would pick it up and we'll we'll read what to say. so that way we oh, were wow. able to communicate that's so
0: cool finally, yeah. that is brilliant that's brilliant
1: <laughs> yeah so finally he was able to, to to write his report exactly the way you know the the officer wanted yeah
0: wow and that I mean, officer had good mercy on you guys it sounds yeah. like yeah. what and, a kind guy and,
1: and you know what? Uh, about a month, almost two months later, the officer came back, and he saw me in prison. Hey, what happened? I say, I don't know. I'm still here. I say, I put your name on proposal for release, together with an 38 other people. Total 39 people. Uh, so he went up and said, and then he came out. I was washing clothes uh, uh, outside, you know, the, the 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 cell, and he said, "It's all bankruptcy." I said, "What do you mean? Oh. They threw out all the names on the list, including you, yours, because there was a." defector, the guy who used to belong to companies and then, and then he, he, he joined the South Vietnamese and now he considered a traitor, you know, so go, that guy, they're not going to let him, uh, him out, so none uh, would be let out on that list, including your name. <laughs> so I said, okay, I will talk to my successor, Mr. Min uh, to get you on your, your next release uh, list. But time went by, nothing happened. And then one day I was shopping firewood in front of uh, uh, the uh, the ward um, because uh, uh, for the prison and then uh, another officer actually his name uh, is mr ngoman Wang and uh, he he went out came out and called yelled at me say here my, my, my Vietnamese name here come in and fix the uh power in my room it's all dark so I said oh yeah yeah I, I come right away I come right away. so I took some applied and stuff and and went after him and inside his room he he, he closed the door and turned on the light you know the light there was power electricity i said what's wrong uh, sir he said there's power i said no it's not the power that's what i'm going to tell you i'm going home for uh the lunar new year's uh, holiday for about a week um and i know you're here by yourself nobody comes to visit you nobody sends you any gift or anything uh, you know outside of this place I would have call you my big brother but here you have stand you know three meters away and say yes sir and all that stuff and you know it's just a um, it's just a routine it's a, it's just a drill of the prison so right. please you know don't, uh, don't, don't 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 get offended because of that but you know I follow you I watch you very closely many times uh, at night i have gone patrol and over-listened to some of your stories about uh, escape from uh, Russian prisons in the Second World War and all that stuff. And the, uh, the famous Bobby Young uh, uh, story, you know, the guy who escaped uh, the prisoner and so forth. It's amazing. But you know what, lucky for you, it was I that listened, or overheard the story. If somebody else heard that, they would have put you in solitary cell a long time ago, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, wow! I didn't know. So I uh, and I said, and you know the reason I'm calling you is because I'm going home. And uh, so uh, for my uh, portion of the holidays, I got two packages of cigarettes and six bottles of uh, soft drinks. So I want to invite you to have a smoke with me and also have a drink with me. Oh and, wow. And so okay, stay here. I'm gonna go and get some ice. So he went out there and get some ice. You're in prison, and you you know, wouldn't have something like that, you know? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> no, so I, I you know, I I was so moved. So I I just grabbed and embraced him. Said, "Brother Wang, thank you so much for being so kind to me." Yes. Uh, you know, like this. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And he said, "You know, uh, when you get out of here, I tell you, I I was in in college too, and then because of some uh, accident, you know, I got involved, and then so I didn't have any where to go. I had to to go to the uh, run into the jungle and join the communists. And now I'm I'm part of them. You know, I cannot leave." but uh, there's no future for you here. When you get out of this place, uh, it's better that uh, you go to another country. Wow. Yeah. And uh, But he told me, you know, uh, brother Ian, when you get out here, don't look for me. Uh, it's not good for, for either one of us. I just know that there's someone uh, in this country uh, right now in this prison uh, that uh, cares about you and thinks very highly of you. Yeah. Wow. And I, yeah, I, i've never met in a, either one of them you know since uh, uh i got back to vietnam but i have to look them up uh, uh something i've yes. asked some people
0: but you have should you to find them yet yeah. mm. what a blessing you know there's kindness everywhere you know there really is uh, that's wow so what what happened next what, how, how did...
1: what happened next you know actually um doing that the three and a half years in in prison you know i was rethinking uh, and sort of like re-assessing uh, my faith in God. Because in, in in the prison, all you heard was about things about Marx and Lenin and about socialism, communism, and, and, and all that stuff, you know. And uh, I thought, you know, maybe I, uh, I heard or I got to know God, Christianity, through... Some American missionaries, and uh, that, they they could have come in to work uh, under subterfuge uh, as a CIA agent. Who never know, you know? And so maybe I I was just uh, um, uh, being enticed, you know, to 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 join a faith that I re- never tested out myself. Uh, so uh, mm, uh, in prison, you had nothing to read but things about. Uh, uh, about socialism and teachings uh, of Lenin and uh, uh, and all that stuff. And um, at that time, I happened to read a book, The God Fly, by an English author, translated into Vietnamese. And in the story, it talked about a guy by the name of Riveret. That guy was a, a young man, and he joined the uh, revolution and reformation movement and was uh, arrested and put in prison. So the commander of the prison call him up and say, River, you know what? I have the power to release you, to get you out of here. Uh, and if I let you out of here, what would you do? And I say, I would return and kill all the rats. What do you mean by all the rats? You, know, you guys are the rats of this society. You know, you ha- your job is to keep me and, and, and hold me here or even kill me. But my job is to kill you and change the society. And so he will return to his prison cell. He he, he did not uh, get the offer to because uh, you know he, he said uh, he would continue to fight. Right. So uh, then he tried to um, uh, to to leave the cell and to escape from prison. Uh, but prior to that, what happened uh, when he was at home? His mother always tell me, son, when you grow up, the best thing for you is to be a clergy, to be a priest. And I said, oh yeah, of course that's something I want to do because you know uh, you have the Catholic faith or that. And one day he came home and overheard a conversation between his mom and and the uh, and the priest, the bishop. And he found out that he's the son of that bishop. Oh, and he said, baloney! It's all lies. And You guys, even mom, you've been telling me lies all these years. It's garbage. I don't believe in you, I don't believe in society and anything. You know, wow. that's when the way he, he left and joined the revolution movement. Wow, yeah. And so um, at that point you know he tried to escape and he was shot to death. But at least I, I was thinking about this guy I said well, at, at least this is a guy who is, I mean courageous and bold enough to stand up for what he believes. Against everything, you know, even though he could have love in safety and become a normal person, but he chose to stand up for what he believed. And um, uh, in some of the books by uh, uh, Engels and 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 Lenin and so forth, yeah, especially a book by Engels, said, you know, sometimes you have to to. It's like a bondage, yeah. You cannot break away from uh, unless you break it against your own heart. I, and I and I think well maybe this is the time I should break away from that bondage of Christianity, you know because I've uh, yeah I, I I think I've um, jumped on the bandwagon with other people but I have never assessed you know have my own head above my shoulders and it's it's about time, mm-hmm. so I almost gave up on God, yeah I say well and 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 this young man he he left his home and uh, joined the, the, the revolution and he uh, the first night he went Jack, to bed
0: on
1: yeah uh, he he never he did not pray you know, t- to God or say uh, Hail Mary or anything and he, he slept and got up everything was fine. I said, no, I don't need God, I don't need Mary you know right. and so I thought, well maybe this is about time for me to uh, to do something like that. I don't need to pray you know, to God anymore. and uh, one day right about uh, you know early in the morning uh, i got a coveted assignment i was sent to clean the officer latrine in the prison and that meant i could be outdoors uh, more than usual and could feel some sun on my skin so i was cleaning the tree the latrines while we were doing that in that i saw some paper which had actually been used as toilet paper and i picked it up and notice it, it has re- writing on it in English, uh, something for me to read because I, you know, I didn't have any other thing to read, you know. Right. Uh, so I wiped it off and tucked into my shorts and and went back uh, uh, to my cell. And that night, um, I pulled the, the the broken pieces of paper out, and it was from the book of Romans, chapter eight.
0: Wow!
1: Wow! Yeah, it was, uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, uh, neither death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor principalities, nor angel, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is manifested in Jesus Christ. And uh, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Uh, for all things work together for good Amen. to them who love God, them who have, who are called according to his purpose. For those who, um, for no, He's also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Those that He has predestined, He has also called. Though He has called, He also justified. And those who has justified, He has also glorified. And in all these things, nothing can separate us, separate us from the love of God. So oh, those wow. words just came to me right awesome. at this moment, Mike. And I fold my knees inside my mosquito net, and I pray, God, Lord, thank you for bringing your words to me at this very moment in life. It could have another, mean, you know, another passage. I mean, passage like when Judas Iscariot going to hang himself, or maybe like the prophet. Uh, uh, Elijah asking God to take his life, but no, this very passage, you know, at wow. this very moment. And that's how I turned around, come back to God and wow. rededicated really my life to Him, Mike. Wow. And,
0: uh, and that was, it was used as toilet paper. As a toilet paper, yes. <laughs> that, like, wow. Wow, that just brings—I mean—that gives me chills in a good way. You know, I mean, right there, he spoke to you, and it—and it was used as toilet paper. That—that that is, I—I I, I hope that hits people like it hits me—that are listening because, um, you know, you can't make that up. I mean, that's something that the Lord, it, 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 oh, man, that's powerful. That is powerful. It's almost no it's way.
1: It's right at the moment. So God has different ways of dealing with each and every every one of us, Mike. And you know, He, he knows what it takes and yes. you know, for each one of us. Uh, but
0: uh, that's that's I mean, I, I mean I I think of that if one person used that as toilet paper, yet on the other side it changed somebody. For the rest of their lives to do well and what you've done, we'll, we'll get into that, you know, and, and how you've helped change people's lives and all that. I mean, that is wow, what a great story. Well, I hope people take the take a few minutes to ponder that. I mean, even pause it right now and think about that, you know, where we might be missing the Lord. I mean, that's a that's a note to us that if we don't pay attention, I think sometimes we let things pass us by. And um, how easy would it have been that you could have just thrown that away. I mean, that's the Lord speaks. And uh, wow, that's, that's amazing. Well, well, tell me at that point, when you, when you rededicate your life, um, where did it go from there? What, what happened next after that?
1: And uh, within a few months, I was uh, released from, from prison. Actually, uh, the, uh, the prison, the, uh, uh, warrant, ask my father to come in and sign like a probation uh, piece of paper to make sure that I will go home and stay under the supervision of the local government. But, you know, I said, no, I had nothing to, my, my, my dad has nothing to do with my escape, with my plan. I'm a, an adult, you know, I didn't ask his permission to do this. So uh, please spare him from, you know, going through all the hassle. Right. So they kept me for, there for a few more months, and they said, well, tell your father to come in and, and write this that piece of paper to guarantee, otherwise we're not going to let you go. So I eventually had to have my father come in and write that piece of paper and, and guarantee with the prison authority. So I was released. But uh, as soon as he was released, I, I told him, you know, dad, I'm a grown up person right now. I don't want you to be responsible for all these things. You know, I'm so sorry for this. But please go back to our hometown and tell them that uh, I have decided uh, to find an, another way to comply with the, uh, with the requirement in, in Saigon. You know, so I'm not going home to the hometown. So from so that's where I, actually I tore that piece of probation. that. You know, <laughs> and then so, so from there I went on and organized a a boat uh, to 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 leave the country, wow. and uh, and the first attempt because I was determined to leave. I said that's no future for right. me. So uh, it took about probably about. Uh, almost almost a year, uh, not quite, but I was able to organize a boat, uh, and uh, together with uh, 38 people, we went to the open sea, almost international waterline, only to be intercepted by the company's uh, patrol boat, and they shot at us for about two or three hours, and one bullet went through our boat, so, so we, we got to surrender, otherwise we we might be killed. So. We right. surrender, and then they took us back uh, uh, to, uh, uh, um, I mean, to, uh, uh, land, and then to, uh, I was back in prison again. Oh, oh. The, when at the the same location, the uh, transit location um, that uh, from um, that I came in before I went to the the prison uh, that I stayed for three and a half years, you know, but we sent back to the same prison, oh. <laughs> and. Um, I, uh, I was trying to, to escape and then they uh, they caught me and they put me back and then so what happened uh, luckily there were a few guys that uh, had been successful that night and when they took us to land some of them escaped so uh, so we we, we dumped everything on those guys you know those guys that were responsible for organizing artists we just follow them you know. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, it uh, yeah, it's uh, because of the time limitation, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but I I, I almost made some very drastic uh, decision at that time. Uh, yeah. but uh, fortunately, I didn't do it because yeah, you know, it could have uh, meant very, very dire consequences if uh, if we're not successful, you know, that's and right. Then, right. And then so, so they kept me there for about a month and let me go because that it was overcrowded the prison were overcrowded with a lot of people that escaped and they couldn't find the main guys you know we they thought we were just uh, following the the other guys so they let us go you know right yeah and then the last uh, we, we tried uh, several more times you know and uh, it's all uh, abortive not successful and then the last time what we did what I did we um, I met a, a lady uh, who, was one of the nieces of the late uh, president of South Vietnam, President Phan Cac Su. And uh, I was driving back and forth between Saigon and the Mekong Delta and met a friend of mine at a coffee shop and he introduced me to the lady. And the lady was trying to leave the country too. But uh, I myself, I could not own a boat because I had prison record and also was a former officer in the South Vietnamese Army. The communist government would not let me own a a boat, uh, whatever kind of boat, you know. Right. So I had her register the boat under her name, and I worked behind the scene as a mechanic to get organized everything. You know. Right. And, uh, and you know, one time there was a a guy who was a second in command of the police post, uh, and he came to onto our boat. He said, "Oh, this is a great boat. It would be great. Uh, I mean, to sail overseas. You know, to." And I said, "Well, I said we have no intention. We we were just a fish and a tugboat. We organize this as a tugboat to haul gravel and grain for the government. We have no no intention whatsoever. So then, uh, but I, you know, I I wore to just uh, I'm in the dungeon clothes, you know, dirty mechanics. Uh, I'm in a tie, you know, all the time, goes all the time. So, uh, uh, but but the guy tried to." to to pick information, you know, to get you know, to pride you know, get information. So I right. said, you know what? Before I joined the companies, you know, when I was a high school student, I had a, a godfather who was a uh, a, a colonel. Uh, in the U.S. military when he was here in Vietnam, and he's back to the U.S. now, you know, even I'm a police officer, but if I get to the U.S., I think he will adopt me, you know, and all that stuff, you know, I said, uh, so he tried to see if I would say, oh, yeah, we're great, you know, but I didn't say anything, you know. (laughs) Smart, smart. (laughs) And then, and When we were organizing the, and then we we organized the boat. It it was very powerful uh, boat as a tugboat, you know. So we uh, we signed agreement with the government to hire two barges to haul gravel uh, from a uh, a a stone quarry uh, to the harbor to build a new harbor there. So we had the reason to take the boat right to the harbor, you know, from there just to the open sea. Yeah, wow. but it's not good along the road. You know, there by, I mean, dozens of uh, patrol uh, stations. You know, right? It's not easy to, to, to go go past. Right. So what we did, uh, I you know, as I hauled the gravel to the site, there were three main officers who oversaw the project. One gentleman, Mister uh, Mister Balim. Um, and mr Nyuk and uh, mr uh, Kim three guys mr Nyuk, he's the the head of the, the the guy in command he okay. he was trained he had been trained in russia you know and came back and oversaw the project right and Mr Lim was trained in 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 China he yeah, he's the second in command okay. and mr Viet, uh to, uh, to Kim uh, was the guy who used to um uh, to take um, communist ships from North Vietnam to South Vietnam during the war so all powerful guys you know right so, uh, we I, I had dinner and, and party at the, at the Mr Nuuk house many times right when I mr uh, to, to come, uh, a consul called Kim he, he asked me he said uh, tell me the truth you know are you doing business here or uh, you have any plan to escape from the country or what you know? And because you know we use the the boat and tuck and, and carry gravel to, for that site, and I say, Uncle, look, you know I'm making good money. You know, um, you know I, I'm doing fine. I have no reason to do to go anywhere to do anything. Right. And, but so I I was afraid because I think he was oh, reading man. something. Yeah. Yeah. So that night I went back and stayed in the house of Mr. Uh, Mr. Balim, the second in command. And I I looked at him and say, Uncle Lim. I just call him Uncle Three. You know, he's he's the third in the family. So I come to Uncle Three. See? Oh, Uncle funny. Three. Yeah. I tell you what. You are an officer in the North Vietnamese government. I was an officer in the South Vietnamese army. But now the war already ended. There's no future for me here. And when when Mister Tu come asked me at the party. Uh, tonight, when we were at Mr. Uh, uh, um, Mr. house, and uh, he was asking me, you know, whether I wanted to leave the country or what, I told him a lie. But I tell you the truth, I have no business here. I've been doing this, just trying to find a way to get out of this place. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what, I can put you in in, in jail right now. Why you're saying that? I said, no, I, I know you would not do that. That's why I'm telling you the truth, uncle. Uh, I need your help. And I say, if that's what you're saying, then I will help you. Wow. And, um, you know, I I, I have I had hidden some boxes, uh, ammunition boxes, uh, under a bed in his house. And inside there was like uh, some ammunition, some flares and uh, uh, navigational aid and all that stuff. And I've been trying to carry those to the Harvard site. Yeah, but because of the patrol post, I cannot. I couldn't, and and I, I said, you know, you know what? Under your bed, I put this thing over the last few months. But it's, you know, I didn't tell you what they were. But you know, those the stuff I need to take to the harbor. Uh, I I can't could, do it. And and I say, and all of a sudden he stood up and put his, pant, his his uh hands in his pockets and walking in the room and looking up into the ceiling and whistling. I said, what are you doing, Hong So I got to find a way to take this thing out there for you. And I said, all of a sudden, my burden has become his burden, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then so he said, okay, I know what to do. I will call the sheriff, Mr. Nam Thang, tomorrow to have lunch with me. I will ask him to take them out there for you, tell him that it's my stuff. So after the lunch, I was at lunch with the Mister Nampang the sheriff and uh, in charge of uh, of the harbor and, and say, okay, Namtang, I'm not gonna go out there yet, you know. But uh, if you out back today, take this stuff uh, to 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 my office out there for me. So the guy took everything out there, you know, for me, you know. And um, then 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 Mister Mister Balim the uncle three and say. Uh, uh, it's, it's not safe enough, I have to show you everything. So one day he said, okay, let's go out and buy some seafood uh, to throw a party. So he he got uh, a speedboat with the Coast Guard patrol guys and the boat and so forth. So we all took off and went out uh, from the harbor, you know, to, to, to a site. And he was asking those patrol guys, you know, I'm wondering why a lot of people got caught when they tried to escape from the channel here, you know? Uh, especially those who, who try to escape from the country, and those the cultural, you know, just to say, oh, because there's a, a sandbar on the other side, and this side, you know, around 11 o'clock at night, you know, we, we go out to sleep. We don't care, but people are scared. They don't, they, they don't dare to go close to the, to the post, or to the, to the, the, That try to go to the other side of, of, the river mouth, and they got stuck, and that's why you would have to do anything, To capture them, you know. All right. <laughs> and, right. And so, so so, so the, the uncle was blinking his eye with said, mm, so, 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 so i went back and said hey you see you, you know the secret, you know right this guy they don't stay up that that late you know so past 12 now you go to bed you know you, you and also don't go on the other to the other side right uh, right yeah yeah and then and he said but that's not safe enough you you got to, to spend some money uh, you have to hire a, a professional unit to guide you to, to China. I know the guys with the Navy. We, if you pay them some good money, they do it for you. I said, uncle, I don't mind. Let's do it. So he arranged a meeting and then we agree on the terms of what. So on the night we were about to leave, now of course, the signal was we would uh, they would light their lighter twice and we will respond by lighting our lighter three times. So oh. the passcode would match. So, right. we know that it's So, they will follow them. We will follow them out. But you know what, Mike, that night, before uh, the time to to pull out and leave, uh, uh, early in the evening, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was a boat that came and dropped anchor close to our boat, right at the dream mouth. So, we didn't know if it was a, like a friendly boat or maybe a. a, a cl- like a a secret or undercover uh, right. patrol boat from the government, you know. <clears throat> so it was about time to put. But we didn't dare. We we say, okay, if if it's friendly boat, fine. If it's if, if a undercover boat, they would capture it right away, you know. then everything would be, you know, our whole plan would be destroyed. <clears throat> right, right. Everybody would be captured. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so while still thinking about what to do, three communist guerrillas soldiers boarded our boat and pointed guns at us to say what are you guys trying to do, what oh, do you, wh- why all this commotion and, and actually i had to tell a lie i said well we're not doing anything yeah we are prepared to pull the boat out so that uh, tomorrow where the tide is up we can uh, uh, go back to the quarry um right at that moment the naval patrol boat and a guy boat came to the scene and they lighted their lighter two times we respond three times they did a couple of times and but we couldn't move because because of these uh soldiers yeah 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 and so they were yelling us. it's time to go we cannot wait for you anymore uh, so what i did i asked son one of the guys he's a pastor now in the, uh near san francisco i said son <laughs>
0: Really, yeah. which the guy, the one of the guards that were on the no, boat. No, 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 boat. no, no, he, no,
1: no, no. No, you know, one of the passengers, you know, and wow. you know. And wow. said, gotcha. He's a Christian, so I said, son, why don't you take a empty gasoline can, uh, can, and swim to the naval ship, ship, and and tell them that we are in trouble. Tell them to go upstream for about half an hour, and then return. If everything is safe, then we go. Otherwise, just forget about the plan. Right. So we did that and then so the, the naval uh, ship uh, uh, took off the opposite uh, direction and went upstream. Yeah, so uh, and then uh, these soldiers again uh, was, um, I mean, stomped their feet on, uh, on the floor and yelling at me. And at that time, Mike, you know what I was thinking, you know, I was the main person behind all this plan. If I got arrested, it would mean I will have to be in prison at least three to five, three to five years, no less. Right. So quietly, I bowed out my head and prayed to God, say, Lord, I've been trying to be self-sufficient, and you know, Lord, I want to get out of this place. Uh, but if it's Your will that I stay in prison three, five years or whatever. If it's your will, I surrender to your will. I would do that. But I want to leave. I want to get out of this place, Lord. That's all I said. And then, so please help me. And then uh, the soldier yelled again. I say, and this time I say, yes, we are planning to to leave the this place to go overseas to leave the country. Yeah. What do, you, what do you want to do with us? And say we want to go with you. So the soldiers,
0: whoa,
1: two of them, Dong and Su, told the third guy, Dong, I said, Dong, take our weapons, go back home, and tomorrow morning, report to the post, turn in the the guns and tell them that we are gone. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, and those two guys, Dong and Su, they were... Expert skippers, they took turn to help guide the boat from Vietnam to Indonesia. I was totally exhausted. You know, after that, when I came to the open sea, I couldn't handle the the, the boat anymore. And honestly, I knew how to manage the boat inside a calm, peaceful river like the Mekong River. But in the open sea, it's a totally different story. You know, without skill, you, you just cannot handle it. Right And so those guys, God had men for them to manage and to skip <laughs> the boat for us.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and took us to Indonesia. And one more thing, you know, the police officer who used to pry information and so forth, he took a two-month furlough to join our, our boat. I said, I'm taking two months for just to be with you guys, just for fun. And and you stop, we just throw a party, have fun. How could I, you know, avoid him, you know? That that very afternoon, I call him, I say, "Uh, Mr. Van, I'm telling you the truth. Tonight, we'll be leaving this place. So you have two options, whether to stay and go with us or not you can return, but after we go to the past, the, the channel, then uh, whatever money, goal we still have left, we give it to you, and 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 also like a, a lifeboat, so you can you you can go back. But um, from this moment on, you cannot move. You know, you'll be constricted. You cannot move. And he told, I said, "Well, uh, Mister Hien, I tell you what. I've been watching you, following you. I know one of this day you would leave. So this time I sent that you would leave. So I." I I gave up my post. I just took a two-month follow just to join you so that I could go with you. So that guy, he's in Canada right now.
0: Is he? Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That is crazy. What a great story. I love hearing how God works. You know, because... God is amazing, Mike. Yeah, you know, know. here in the States, you know, if we were born here and all that, we don't really have the uh, comprehension of that, you know, but that's what goes on. It goes on in the world, all around the world, even to this day. But um, wow, to hear how how God comes at a at a quick moment—that simple prayer—he um, rescued the whole mission of you guys yeah, getting out of there. No,
1: no. Just a what simple You know, when, when, when the leader say, "It's not about us. It's not about business. It's not about anything. It's about him. It's him. You know, it's God. Yep. You know, in uh, intervention,
0: in action." Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, tell me a little bit about how, you know, you, you made to Indonesia. How did you get to the States and, and really, how did you become a successful businessman? You know, I mean, that's, you know, you were in prison the first part of your life and, and in turmoil, you know, anytime there's a war, it's, it's awful for, for both sides, you know, and, um, how did that come along? How did you get into business from going prison to business, you know? When I yeah when I got
1: back got to the states uh, yeah I went back to school again uh, this time not following uh, my law path but uh, I was thinking of becoming a doctor or an engineer or uh, something more technical you know and then I was how sitting for a, a businessman in uh, Tiburon North California uh, his his name uh, is Weldon Smith and uh, I I saw on his desk some of the checks like you know tens of millions of dollars and I say. Uh, Mr. Warren, what are you doing? You know, you, you, you write all this kind of check. I said, uh, you know, I travel by quite, quite a bit, you know, so please stay. And and, uh, and just watch my, my house for me and feed my dog and whatever in the house is yours. You know, so, and he said, you know, in, in, in America, you got to go into business. You know, I, I left Ohio many years ago with a shoestring and an old car, you know, but now I'm not doing any contract that, uh, there's not, uh, Give me at least a couple million dollars benefit in the deal. I see "What you're doing?" At that time, there was no relationship between the, uh, China and, and the U.S. yet. So he, he was leasing airplanes to China through a different channel, some guy I don't know. You know, yeah. But um, uh, so I see, so he told me, you know, probably you, you should consider business. I said, "I've never thought about. It. I always wanted either to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or technical type thing." That's why I'm taking calculus and all this stuff, you know. Planning yeah. to, yeah. And then, uh, uh, at his uh, suggestion, I I take some courses in finance and accounting and economics, and stuff. oh, I like them, you know. So that's why then I went on to UC Berkeley and finished my uh, undergraduate degree in, in business administration with uh, emphasis in in finance and economic analysis and policy, you know. And wow. uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, we we started some business, and I went on to. To take um, the um, uh, advanced you know, management program at Harvard, you know, and also some uh, uh, executive, executive education classes at Stanford, like uh, um, merchant acquisitions and uh, uh, advanced management uh, college and all that stuff, you know. And uh, and um, uh, yeah, and then I went went on to. Um, to start a uh, investment banking firm, uh, uh, asset management, security brokerage in, in, in Orange County. And uh, uh, that's how I, I got into business
0: to begin. <laughs> that is amazing. Know. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love it. I mean, that it's just such an encouragement how God can turn things around so quickly and and in amazing ways i still can't i still i'm still blown away with the toilet paper too you know and and giving up yeah
1: different ways of dealing with things you know it's amazing you know know?
0: Well, well let me ask you this so you know um your walk with god when you when you came to the states how did that progress? What what was your walk with God as you came to stage, you started going to school, you started your business? How how did that progress?
1: Uh, actually, I kept a very close walk with the Lord, and uh, I uh, took every opportunity possible to serve in, in some capacity, in some position that uh, was appropriate, you know, like uh, with the Board of Deacons, I Uh, I used to also serve as a a member of the board of directors for uh, uh, Vietnamese, um, uh, I mean, Christian fellowship uh, worldwide. I I serve uh, on the board of uh, EE International for a while. Yeah, I was chairman and uh, board member of uh, Union University of California with the Vietnamese Theological College program. Yeah, uh, among other things, you know, I used to interpret uh, quite a few times for Billy Graham and his Crusades, uh, yeah, oh, in, in Stockton, okay. in San Diego, and and so forth, and oh. also interpret for for Rick Warren uh, on the uh, occasion of the one hundredth anniversary of the uh, um, Gospel coming to Vietnam, in you know, a way back, and uh, uh, and right now I'm I'm teaching, uh, helping. Uh, <laughs> To teach a, a program called the uh, Master Planning Program by Bob View, especially uh, designed for Vietnamese uh, uh, church leaders and also uh, business community uh, in Vietnam and and obviously as well. Uh, but uh, honestly, Mike, you know what happened when when I was a teenager. At one time, I was moved. I uh, so moved that I wanted to give my life to God as a preacher of the word. But things have changed over time. And at that time, my, uh, a very close friend of mine, consider my big brother. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. But at that time in Vietnam, uh, uh, we both went and met with the president of the Vietnamese Bible College, Mr. Ong Van Nguyen. And uh, uh, to, to, to tell him that you know, I, I was interested in, in going to the Bible College, and I said, uh, you're still young. You have many opportunities before you, with uh, potential um, uh, uh, opportunities to study abroad and you know go to get a higher edu- education and all that. And so, you know, in hindsight, you know, in his position, he should have said, "Okay, go to Bible college, study God's word," but he didn't do that. You know, so I sort of follow. And then when um, when I was at UC Berkeley, I took a course in in public finance and met with the the professor uh, Van Loo, uh, Francis Van Lu, and uh, and and she said, you know, uh, Henry, you have such a kind heart. I, I don't know if business is right for you, you know, maybe some other thing, you know, yeah. and uh, and uh, I was determined. I said, well, I I got to to finish what I set out to do. know in business so there were times that the business did extremely well other times that it was just like uh uh you know in the valley and you're in in the the ditches, you know there was nothing left and and not one time but several times you know and i say what does he mean what do you uh," and then uh, what happened i have a friend that friend passed away too his name is eli and we used to To be very close uh, together with another guy who's going still going to my church right now, and the three of us were very close. And then Eli went into the ministry, became a pastor. And when I tried to escape from the country, at times you know it didn't work out. And would come back to his home and would spend time and together and all that. And so he reminded me. Henry, you when you go back to Vietnam, and uh, come spend time. So we have time to, to, to I mean, to um, uh, relive the memories and so forth. And I promised, that, yeah, I would do that. But Mike, you know, I, I never did it. You know, what happened? I was in, in the Philippines, had a very important meeting with uh, the, you know, the Minister of Foreign Investment of uh, the Philippines and, you wow. know, big guys in, in the Philippines at that time with some uh, people from, uh, uh, from Europe that came in. And I heard the news of my friend Eli passing away. Hmm. You know, my heart was broken. I say I could have, should have come back to see him. And I would just, you know, tell him, I said, yeah, I would do it. I would do it. I never did it. So I left <laughs> after being ended. I left right away and went back to Vietnam to his uh, funeral service. And at, at, at the service, people, you know, anybody wants to say anything. Nobody uh, stood up and said, but I step up uh, and touch his coffin and say, Brother Eli, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. You're no longer here. Mm-hmm. I should have come back. Not this time, mm-hmm. but years ago. You know, it, it was a very sad moment for me, you know, deep down in my heart, I think that I, I should have done, I could have done. But, mm. you know, I procrastinated procrastinated mm. and, and and drag it on. Mm. And I was thinking of another friend of mine, Vin. Also, uh, <laughs> you know, Eli also know, uh, knew Vin. <coughs> right. A pastor in Vietnam. I said, Vin, I got to come and see you. I wrote him an email, I got to come and see you, I cannot wait. So I came and and met him in Vietnam. Previously, we had met many times, but for for quite a while, I didn't visit him. So it was in 19, I mean, 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. And after the death of my other friend Eli, I went and came back and met with Vin. And Vin told me, you know, and my Vietnamese name is here. I have been arrested, I think, at least 20 times during the, the last several decades serving as a pastor here in Vietnam. Wow. But you know what? It's my calling. You know, I, 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 I will not bulge. I will not give up. Hmm. And <clears throat> he said one time <clears throat> he went and met with the police officer <clears throat> who integrated him. And he told the police officer, you know what? I don't know what you're gonna ask me about. And maybe you have prepared a lot of questions and done a lot of background information check and all that stuff before this meeting. But I tell you what? What I'm gonna tell you does not come from myself, but comes from God in heaven. And whatever you do, I don't mind, I don't care because I love you and God loves you. Mm -hmm. So after that conversation, they talk and then the police officer later on met with him and said, maybe someday you will be my pastor.
0: Wow.
1: His case went all the way up to the minister level of ministry of, of police or public security in Hanoi. And so, and then one Christmas and he got a call from the the ministry office. I say, congratulations, Uh, happy, I mean, Merry Christmas. And they say, say, why? Because, you know, I know you are the real guy. You are a good guy. You've been faithful to the Lord, you know, Um, and uh, we've been watching you. But uh, not not only happy Christmas, but I want to tell you, you've got the permit to officially operate your church. So, yeah so wow. congratulations <laughs> and, amazing. And, so, and so when i met with him i told him my story how i actually mike let me take one step back for background information sure there was there is a, a Baptist minister by the name of uh, Pastor Nguyen Minh Thang. He's in Georgia right now. Mm-hmm. He was studying at uh, Golden Gate Baptist University, uh, San Mary at that time when I was living in San Francisco and going to the same church. And he was ordained uh, by uh, Reverend Daniel Vestal, a very uh, powerful, very, very uh, well known pastor Omega Church Church in the midwest and uh daniel westo came and preached at that ordination uh, service i was the interpreter for for the occasion oh neat and every time daniel would say i tell you something tang it doesn't matter what other people go after you preach the word and then uh, i going on saying i tell you something tang it's you you got to preach the word and then mm-hmm. kept going like that i after the sermon, I drove back to Marin County, you know, in my car. Tears started rolling down on my, uh, my cheeks. I said, Lord, the sermon was for me, not for tongue. It's for me, Lord. I know the compelling. I can send that. It's you that's talking to me, speaking to me, Lord. But then uh, somehow that voice got, I mean, quieted and, and quenched, you know. Yeah. And I didn't respond to it. And when another time I was also interpreting for another pastor uh, at Saddleback Church, uh, Pastor Lynn, uh, And the preacher said, I, servant of God, a man of God, got to have a mandate, had a mission and all that stuff. And, and I said, well, what is my mission in life? After that, I went back and same thing. It's same reckoning. I say, no, this this sermon is not for Lynn. It's for me. What's my mission in life? Mm. And um, wow. So it all came back to me. And uh, one time I was at a funeral service at Rose Hill. I respected pastor passed away, and uh, my father-in-law at that time, I was not married, uh, married to my wife yet, he was at the service, I was there too, so I was sitting inside the chapel, overlooking Rose Hill, you know, the valley underneath, white clouds hovering uh, in the sky, I said, wow, what does it mean? What is all this about? You know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life now a dear pastor just passed away a life that has just fought the good fight and kept the good faith but in the end what does it mean to live so that's why when I came back and met with Vin as said Vin, I tell you what I gotta give my life to the Lord to be to be a servant hmm. of the Lord And you know what, Mike, after three and a half years, you know, the diamond exchange is a big thing. It's the biggest venture of any kind because it's going to be comparable to the one in Dubai. It's not small. It's it's that size. We have all the support, everything. But so many times came to a point where, you know, it could be like an eagle ready to fly or like a dead bird that could be, Will vanish, you know, right, right, in the ditches, you know. Uh, so it came to a point in, uh, then uh, when I gave up totally and surrendered to the Lord I said, Lord, it's all yours. Mm-hmm. If this is meant to be, it's yours. Mm-hmm. If you don't want it to happen, it's yours too. But my commitment to you, Lord, I'm yours, I'm totally yours. If anything and everything, and you know what at that very time i got to uh, to uh, learn about what leary was doing with the ceo institute so i signed up and went through the the courses i said gee perfect timing perfect i mean the com- compelling the nudging you know it's, it just came at the right time and so so when I decided to say, well if uh, the Lord wants me to just stop uh, and forget about the diamond exchange, that's fine. I, I would even mean I would have lost all the money, my money, family, friends and investor money and everything in it. yeah. But if he wants it to be to happen, then it's all, all his too. That's how I came to a sense of perfect peace. Oh, to surrender in him.
0: So, yeah. Amen. so I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I I love that story. I mean, it's, it's just something that how God keeps speaking to you and whispering and, you know, what I really appreciate. I, I love how humble you are. Um, but you know, so many times people think that, okay. I mean, I, I, even me, I don't know how I'd react if I got in prison and I got out and I came to America. And all of a sudden now it's like, OK, well, I'm a super strong Christian because I went to prison for the Lord. And I did this and and all that. Your humbleness is amazing to me. And, and even you keep searching and you keep saying, Lord, what am I going to do? And so many of us don't do that. I'm guilty of that it, it, throughout my life, too. It, it took me many times like you did. Sometimes you're like, all right, Lord, what am I doing here? Um, so, and I, I love that even after all this time, the JC CEO group meant something to you, like you no, saw no. something in it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I really love yeah what, uh, Lee Ray's and, and his team have been able to put together is, and I, I'm going to invite some of my friends to, to join the program, yeah because, uh, uh, this can, 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 can be a big change and especially about being an authentic disciple, you know, and the, yes. The habitual, um, you know, uh, I mean, committed self-sacrificial lifestyle, abiding uh, in the living person of Christ and Amen. honoring Jesus Christ and His preeminence. You know, right. and the, the, yeah, the communion, the the union with the the uh, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at a daily walk. It's just so powerful. It's just it's great.
0: You know, it is. And I, I, I one thing that it. One of the many things attracted me to, uh, to JCCO group, um, was really like his, what he's teaching or what it, what it came from and through his life, it, it guides you to say, what is Jesus asking you to do? You know, it's not like this book or whatever, and you're going to come to the same conclusion he's got. No, it's a, it's, what is Jesus telling you to do? Yeah. Um, if it's okay, um. Teresa over there at JCCO group, she sent me your, your covenant. And I wanted to just read that on here real quick, if that's okay. Yeah. I'd love to have you comment on it. And, um, and just for the listeners, I, I just, I want to emphasize that this is from a man that spent time in prison. You know, you guys just heard it, the, the story um, of his walk with Christ. And, and I just love that this could come from somebody so passionate that, um, I, 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 love it. You know, this, this is somebody that's still so passionate for Christ. Um, it's almost like you're a new Christian, you know? So, so I love this. It says, um, today, November 28th, 2020, I hereby declare that I volunteer, uh, voluntarily enlisted myself to be a soldier of Jesus Christ and to lead my life as an authentic disciple of his, by totally surrendering myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and living in constant communication or communion with the Holy Spirit, offering myself as a living sacrifice for God, the Trinity, to use in fulfilling his great commandment and great commission in order to bring 20 million people of Vietnam to the salvation in Jesus Christ and to make them authentic disciples to further expand his kingdom amen that, that's my dream
1: that's my dream and my vision <laughs> i love it it yeah. is
0: like i said you know your your humbleness is so great to me because so many people would wear it as a badge and thinking like oh i'm I, i've already arrived because i've been in prison for christ or i've done this and and your humbleness you know that I'm still a broken man in front of Christ and it's his blood that washes us daily. And, and you've, you've got that in here. And I think your heart's just amazing. So when you wrote that, what, uh, you know, because you've been through so much, what was the feeling of writing that again or writing that after you've been through everything in your life?
1: No, I see. I've spent too much time. Yeah. On circular things. And I said, well, what would I like to do with the rest of my life? And when I was looking at Korea and in proportion, you know, background, cultural uh, background, everything, you know, very much similar to to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. But the number of Christians in that country, if we take uh, a rough percentage and apply to Vietnam, you know, I would like to see at least 20 million people in Vietnam come to know God, you know?
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to do it. I have no doubt God's blessed you and you can speak from the heart. And and that's what, uh, that's what I love. And, and even here in America, I think um, I find it just inspiring that um, you held on, you know, so many times you could give up and then you, you just have Jesus whisper in your ear, you know, on a piece of toilet paper. I can't get over that, that, that to me, it's just so powerful, man. It's, I mean, the way of communicating, Mike, <laughs> it's, <You know. laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's always in the details and um, man, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, as you went through um, the, the Jesus Christ CEO um, book, you know, and, and really going through the videos and things, what has stood out to you most so far?
1: I really love the part of uh, being crucified with Jesus and living not I that live, but it is Jesus Christ that lives through me, and the preeminence of Christ in every facet of our life. Yeah, A total surrender and the the constant the walk in. Uh, union and communion with the Holy Spirit and and God Trinity, you know. Amen. Yeah. 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 I love His name. I love His word. I love His Spirit. The, the weapons that are far beyond compared to anything and everything that give us the ultimate. What H. Jim Harris calls a unfair advantage.
0: Yeah. Amen. You know, and here's, here's what strikes me. It's, it's really weapons of love. You know, we, we want everybody to have this freedom, have, have the, the excitement of life, you know, and, uh, and, 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 you know, I see that even in your eyes, I see that like everybody's here in the audio. And I wish they could see the video because um, you're very passionate about it. And so many people could be bitter, you know, what they've, what you've gone through um you know what would you like to say um as we kind of wrap this up what is something that you would l- like to leave with people um that are listening today and and worldwide we have people all over the world whether you're in a free country a communist country a socialist country you know Jesus breaks those boundaries um and he loves everyone no matter what um <laughs> no matter what kind of rule you're under um he loves us and and I would love to hear some something that is really heavy on your heart for those people
1: no mike you know what uh you know uh, i i believe yeah this message will be heard by you know, people are not the same faith people maybe be uh, on the opposite side uh you know of uh, of our faith but uh, this is something i want to leave uh, with people who have a chance to uh, to listen to uh, uh, our interview today, you know, when I came back to Vietnam, I came back with a heart of total reconciliation. Yeah, I of course I love the people of Vietnam where I came from, but in the light of God's teaching, we are to love everybody. You know, I want good things for Vietnam. I want good things for the country. I want good things for the people. For people to come to know God and to truly experience the meaning of life. Yes. Because at the end, you know, just like what John, the apostles John said, you know, the world with all its lust and desire will pass away. But only those who you know do according to the will of God will last forever. And I love this this verse. This was just in Jeremiah, uh, chapter nine, verse 23, 24. You know, the uh, the wise should not boast about his wisdom. I mean, the strong should not boast about his strength. Mm-hmm. The rich should not boast about his richness. But whoever that wants to boast, boast about the understanding of no God that, the God that loves justice, that's your righteousness and kindness, mm-hmm. and that's what He means. He wants for everybody, really? you know, so, socialistic or capitalistic. Yep. It doesn't matter. Everybody right. need His love. Yep. And my heart and prayer is that you know I'm doing business, not for the sake of business anymore, Mike. Yep. You know, it's about time for us to bring the treasure from. The other side of the spectrum to the storehouse of God, so that we can serve and fulfill His purpose for for the salvation of many. And nothing that means anything. Just like Billy Price said, you know, the the best gift that anybody can receive is salvation from God, Amen. and the best gift we can give anybody is salvation, is the gospel. And the rest we can help improve economic conditions. Uh, and uh, life quality, lifestyle and all that stuff. But all those are temporary. So my message for to our communist friends who happen to listen to this message mm-hmm. is not about us. It's not about money. It's not about business. It's not about anything because things that are not eternal, like C.S. Lewis said, is eternally useless in the end. It doesn't mean anything. If we if we die without God. So I hope, and I want to share my heart with all my friends and I have nothing against the companies to government at all. Of no, I am in totally reconciliation at yes. peace and wish them
0: the best. The best of all is to know God as their God and savior. Amen. That's right. That's right. Well, Henry, I, I am honored to, to do this interview and I'm excited for people to hear this. And, uh, uh, just thank you so much for taking the time. And, and I, I look forward to seeing you when I get out to LA and Orange County. I, I try to get out a couple times a year and, uh, and I would love to meet you face to face and And talk and, uh, and I, and I, you know, I wish you the best. And I, I will say on this, um, you know, on this podcast, please uh, everybody listening, pray for his business, pray, pray that um, his success will lead these 20 million and more for generations to come because um, through business uh, you can win the hearts uh, to the Lord for people, you know, for people to to come to the Lord. And, and uh, I, I really appreciate your time and uh, and it's been an honor to, to really interview and get to know you. What an inspiring story.
1: Well, thank you so much, Mike. And I want to ask a favor of you as well. Um, of course. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be speaking at the uh, uh, business prayer breakfast uh, uh, this uh, Thursday in uh, Suffolk, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so I want to take this opportunity to also glorify the Lord and encourage the audience. I believe uh, some of them are not uh, Christian yet to come to the knowledge of our God. So yeah, please, uh, yeah, say a prayer for me too. Yeah.
0: Amen. I yeah. will. Well, Henry, I will be talking to you soon. And uh, thank you so much. You have just heard from a business owner who is all in with living in covenant with Jesus Christ and has consecrated their business to his work. Business owners desiring to take their lives and company in deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit can take the first step by enrolling at jcceos.com. Thank you for listening. The All In Podcast is a recruiting ministry of the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. God bless you and see you soon.